This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This is the final word at Commonwealth Games Daily. Jeff Lemon and Natalie Germanos for Advanced Hair, the world leaders in hair restoration. Day two of the Commonwealth Games. South Africa played New Zealand. Uh, England played Sri Lanka. And for you, Nat, for the first time, you're going to try to do both games in the 30-second summary. Yeah, I'm going to try. I need a stopwatch, though, just so you know. If that's all right, that's why I'm looking down. Okay. Right. Are we ready? Okay. Go. South Africa up against New Zealand. New Zealand were brilliant with the bird making 167, which proved to be more than enough. A brilliant 91 from the experienced Susie Bates led her team to an excellent victory despite an onslaught from Chloe Tryon and hit three fours and three massive sixes. Then it was the turn of the hosts, and they were up against Sri Lanka. The hosts were always the favourites, and then romped home with a relatively easy victory in the 18th over, chasing down a small target of 107. Beautiful. That's 30, that was bang on 30 seconds. Perfect for your first time, your first uh, first attempt. It's gone perfectly well. So look, I, maybe let's just get this off your chest first. You, you're probably a bit annoyed with South Africa, the way they went about things today. Yeah, especially, so when you look at it and you break it down, you look at it and you go, all right, they lost by 13 runs. Mm-hmm. 167 was always going to be a big chase and they wouldn't be happy with the way they bowled. Mm-hmm. In particular towards the, the back end, those last two overs went for over 30. They really did mess things up towards the end mm-hmm. because actually they had pulled it back nicely. So if Devine was so good up front and they couldn't take wickets up front, but New Zealand never really got sort of away from them that much that they were, were out of touching distance. But unfortunately, those last couple of overs made the really big difference. Mm. But also with the bat, you break it down, they left 13 runs out there. I think they could have found those 13 runs somewhere. Certainly up top. But let's start with New Zealand's batting. So an opening partnership of 99. And it's not like Devine and Bates came out and bashed the ball everywhere. They were sort of ticking along at about six and over thereabouts. Well, they were, what, 99 from the first dozen overs when the wicket fell. And Sophie Devine was scoring quickly, but not in that kind of freakishly dominant way that she can. And as you say, it was it was later into the innings when Susie Bates really started to get going. Uh, it's it's curious with New Zealand because so much rides on those two as the openers. You know, they, their batting depth is not there, but South Africa were not able to exploit that lack of depth. They weren't able to get into that middle order where suddenly New Zealand start to look like a very ordinary team from about number four down because everything got done by those up top. Yeah, it was it was it was actually kind of interesting for me. I found it fascinating to watch because of that very reason. Sophie Devine got off to a really good start. Then South Africa managed to just slow her down a mm-hmm. little bit. 
And you could feel it. Susie Bates and Sophie Devine, being so experienced, mm. knew they had to bat as deep as possible. And there was a little bit of tentativeness mm. from them because they knew, oh, if we get out here and there's too many overs left, we're going to fall short of what we need. And South Africa, I'm sure, sensed that as well. So in a way, they were almost tentative. So mm. they didn't quite maybe go for the juggling as they could have. They could have probably pushed their foot on the accelerator a little bit more, maybe yep. pushed the pressure a little bit more, possibly. Chloe Tryon, I thought, was brilliant with the ball. She stood out. But it, it was such a weird sort of tug of war mm. because of the lack of depth within the batting lineup and the lack of experience yeah. I really actually enjoyed that sort of that, that little battle but it was because Susie Bates was there till the end mm -hmm. that they were able to get enough on the board that's exactly how it panned out there was also the catch that went down off Bates it was Ayabonga Kaka who yep. dropped it off Malaba was it in uh, who offered sort of a little half volley that was, was chipped away to, Tucker, to mid on I think in the end yes Delmi Tucker that's right would have yeah. um, in the first the, the only over that she bowled today and a pretty simple catch at mid on that went down an overhead catch that she sort of parried behind herself but the fact that Bates was still there at the end it was it was really reminiscent actually of uh, I don't know if you remember uh, Jason Holder bowling to Abid de Villiers when de Villiers made the freakish, you know, the, the 150, the 100 off 30 odd balls. And what kept happening was that de Villiers kept stepping outside off stump and kneeling down and Holder would be hypnotised. You know, it was like a, a snake. He was following the, the snake's eyes and he would just follow de Villiers and bowl him a full toss outside off stump and de Villiers would lap it over his shoulder for six. Susie Bates did that three times. She got dished up full tosses from Shabnam Ishmael and from Ayabonga Kaka in the last couple of overs. And they kept following her outside the off stump and then losing the Yorker and bowling her a full toss. And she would flip it over her shoulder for four or six. And suddenly that total just shot up. You know, she was on 60 odd. And the next thing you know, she's walking off 91, not out. I'm assuming you're talking about the, the, the A.B. de Villiers wondrous mm. innings because yes. there was twice he did it to Jason Old. He did it in the Again, World in Cup the World as well Cup, yeah. in 2015, which was a phenomenal finish. And as you say, He's so good at that movement over the mm -hmm. shoulder. Now, Susie Bates tried it a couple of times early on in an innings, and it didn't quite yep. really work out for her. Yeah, she and dragged a couple along the ground, yeah, but wasn't, exactly. wasn't quite timing them. Yeah, but then she realized, all right, I just need to get into a slightly better position, which is exactly what she did, because mm. South Africa then thought, all right, we'll just keep bowling it wider mm -hmm. off stump, but somehow she still managed to get far enough across to be able to still get it over that shoulder. Mm -hmm. And one, it shows her experience, but also obviously the confidence to actually play that shot. Highly doubt she wouldn't have practiced that in the nets. There's mm. would have been a lot of practice behind that and a lot of decisions behind that, that that is the way to go, especially if South Africa are going to look to bowl sort of full and get it in that block hole mm -hmm. at that stage. And they she really did upset their line of length. It was superb batting, clever batting, and, and pretty brave as well. And Amelia Kerr run out off the last ball trying to scamper through for a bye. So really, they only took one wicket, South Africa, during the innings, you know, one that one that counted, I suppose, it ended up being two down for that one six seven, and then South Africa come out and they've been doing this against England recently as well. They have Tasman Brits up the top and they have Annika Bosch, and neither of them can really get going quickly. They're not fast scorers in the power play, so they come out, they soak up dot balls, they find the field, they eventually get themselves out trying to force the ball over the top. But that's a few overs in. They were what fifteen off the first three overs or four overs, really finding it hard to score at the top. So by the time Laura Wolvart comes in uh, and by the time Chloe Tryon comes in a little bit later, there's so much work to do. I mean, Wolvart comes in with them needing nine and a half and over. Tryon comes in with them needing more than 10 and over. And 
she actually did the job for a while. She started bringing that required, you know, the required rate balloons out to nearly 13. She brings it back down to 11, starts hitting some sixes and so on, um, and eventually gets sort of unluckily run out. Brain fade from Sunil Least, really, who should have sacrificed herself to, to make sure that she was the one run out instead of Tryon at the non-strikers end. But it, it all comes back to there are so many dots at the top and South Africa, you know, they needed eight and over, eight and a half and over when they walked out and just didn't get anywhere near trying to keep up with that rate. Yeah, I think this is the problem that South Africa have at the moment. We have to keep in mind, obviously, there's no Marizan Cup, which makes a big difference. There's no Dane for Nikak and the retirement of Lazali has just happened. Ideally, mm-hmm. you would have Lazali opening up with Dane for Nikak in this format mm-hmm. and then Marizan Cup at three, Volfart at four. Yep. And that is why Volfart is at four. Sure. And that lineup has worked. And in fact, she's even come in at five at times and it's worked for South Africa. They tried it at the T20 World Cup in Australia and it worked a treat. Mm -hmm. She never batted in the first two. She wasn't required, but she came in and made a half century against Pakistan and it was required at that stage. Since she's moved down the order, she's been striking at 170 moving down the order. That just shows you how that plan has worked. But the problem is because there's no Dane Fonikak, there's Mm -hmm. no Lizali, no Marizan Cup, you don't have that quality at the top. It's now put so much more pressure on her coming Mm -hmm. in. And teams are starting to work her out now as yep. well because she doesn't like the short stuff. She doesn't like it short. She doesn't like it at her body. And we saw that today. The plans from New Zealand to Volfort was absolutely spot on. Mm-hmm. Sophie Devine, Leah Tahu had it absolutely perfect. And as much as it maybe took a little bit out of Sophie Devine, she looked a little tired towards the end of that one spell. But yep. it was so perfectly executed. And Volfart couldn't get away. They had, they had everybody back on the leg side. They were bowling short. So even when she did middle the pull shot, which was quite often, she'd find the boundary rider. They'd only score one. The required rate would keep going up. And we interviewed Laura on The Final Word a couple of weeks ago, and she said that going down the order had been the thing that, that made her able to play T20 cricket. It sort of helped her figure it out. But like you say, at this stage with the players they've got missing, surely your best players need to be facing as much as possible and surely they need to be rethinking how this order works because they're just not getting the service from the top. Yeah, I I just wonder. uh, Number three for me is quite crucial. I understand Tasman Britt's opening with Annika Bosch, actually. I actually think I don't have a problem with that opening pair necessarily because actually it was Lara Goodall and Annika Bosch that's been opening for a little while that she didn't play today. She got dropped with Mm. Sunay Dish coming back in. But Tasman Britt's in this format is actually a really good player. She struggled in the ODIs, which I find interesting because mm. when you look at her, you feel she's probably a better ODI player, but yeah. yet her success has actually come in this format. For me, it's the number three. And today they chose to put Mignon Dupria, which mm-hmm. I thought was very interesting. Domestically, she's done well in that position. Yep. But for South Africa, she's only pr- um, better at number three once in 2019 okay. and prior to that 2016. Okay. And that's because of that top order I mentioned earlier, obviously. They had a very strong top three. But... Interesting move to put her in at number three. It, it may be worth it and worth trying, mm. but it didn't work today, obviously. She, she wasn't getting on with it. She needed to, to move things along. And unfortunately, it just didn't quite work for her today in South Africa. But that, for me, is the crucial one. Is mm. Either you're going to move Volfart up to three, which is a possibility. I wouldn't move her back to opening. She doesn't feel comfortable there. Then keep her maybe not opening. Move her mm. to three. Or 
you're going to move Chloe Tryon up, up to number three. Yeah, maybe give her the time because once she got set, she started doing what Chloe Tryon can do, which is banging the ball over the ropes, hitting big and, and bringing that required rate down. And then there's a there's a stutter, there's a miscommunication. Sunele starts running, stops, sends Tryon back, direct hit oh. from Hayley Jensen, knocks the middle stump out of the ground at the non-striker's end. And that was the match at that point. There was no way. So even though Sunele kept throwing the bat and kept scoring some runs, but it was one of those ones where it looks closer than it was. The fact that it ended up being a 16-run margin seemed more good luck than good management. Yeah, I think in that moment, whether there was a run or not is probably debatable. You can say, oh, maybe Chloe shouldn't have come all that way down. You can argue that, absolutely. But it happened. So at that moment, Mm -hmm. the match awareness really was crucial. And and Sunelis had to have known, the best thing for me to Mm -hmm. do here is is make sure I cross. Get Chloe trying to the safer end because she is going so well. She mm-hmm. was striking it beautifully. Yep. She's been in good form as well, whereas Sunay Lewis hasn't been in good form. She was brilliant at the World Cup, yep. but with the bat in this tour, she's really struggled. So mm. I felt I felt for Chloe Tryon in that situation and obviously felt for Sunay Lewis as well because as captain, she probably felt, oh, I need to lead from the mm-hmm. front here. I need to make sure that I'm at the crease. And I think that split-second decision to stay it was probably the wrong one, but I do kind of feel for it. It was a tough situation. Yeah, it was It was an impulsive, mm. you know, that's the impulse is to make sure that you're safe, but in the moment she needed to go. So New Zealand, they don't have their lack of depth tested. They get a win on the board. And then England come out and play Sri Lanka in what ended up being quite a curious game. So it unfolds as you would expect with Sri Lanka batting first. They make 106. They struggle. Nobody does anything particularly of note. Catherine Brunt takes a wicket with the first ball of the game. Um, there was a wicket from the first ball of Freya Kemp's spell. There was a, a wicket from the third ball of Eccleston's spell. You know, everybody who, who came on took a wicket just about immediately, it seems. Uh, Izzy Wong picked up a couple very cheaply, two for ten off three overs and bowled quick. That's a Birmingham hometown hero. And it's as you would expect, right? Sri Lanka tend to struggle with the bat. But England don't get there easily. They're five down in the end. They relied a lot on Alice Capsey. So they popped her up. They have this plan where if a wicket falls in the power play, which was Danny Wyatt slogging one up in the air, as she likes to do, they, they send Alice Capsey up to bash the ball around a bit. And instead, wickets kept falling and she had to be the sensible one, build the innings around her, and she ends up making 44 and nearly taking them through. She got out a couple of runs short of the total. Yeah, well, as you said, it was a fascinating game for me. Um, I, I was, to go, take it back to the toss, actually a little surprised that Sri Lanka said, oh, we're going to have a bat first. I thought mm. they might think about chasing. And, and reason being, recently in the matches they've played, mm. they have lost four games batting first okay. out of the six that they've played. They won one game in the last six that they've played, mm-hmm. and that was chasing. Right. And that was chasing a decent total as well. They were chasing, I think, just over 130 okay. in that game. Uh, Chamari Atapatu won with runs. Not, sure. not surprising. Yeah. Um, she's a fantastic player and a great striker of the ball, but they obviously rely a little bit too much on her. Um, I a thought, little bit? Yeah. I thought she was, carries this team single-handedly. Oh I mean, I was looking back at that World Cup game from... 2017 when 178. she 178 yeah 178 against Australia she bats through the innings wrap your head around this she makes 178 from 143 balls right so the rest of her team there there are five deliveries where extras are scored off the bowling rather than from a wide and they they end up there are 19 extras so 14 of those are wides the rest are not 
what this means is that the rest of the team faced 152 balls and made 60 runs off the bat. She faced 143 balls and made 178 off the bat. Like the gulf between Adipatu and everyone else on her team. No one on the Sri Lankan team has a career strike rate of better than a runner ball in T20 cricket. So they don't have the batting firepower. And, and I thought that was the right move to bat first because they can be so overwhelmed chasing. If they're chasing anything, um, particularly the kind of score that England could rack up batting first... Whereas if you make England chase a small target, then they're not quite sure how to go about it. And they were tentative. There was like, do we push it around? Do we play a big shot? They did a bit of both. Occasionally would then play a big shot and would end up getting themselves out. So, you know, Dunkley gets out pretty early, having a big slog and gets bowled, you know, Nat Siver, LBW, sort of trying to swing across the line. And it was this thing of making England uncomfortable. If you set England 150, I think they would confidently go after it. Set them 106, they go, ooh. <laughs> what are we supposed to do? Well, I, I actually I actually see it a little bit differently from England's point of view. Okay. I think they're looking at a side now and looking at a side that bats quite deep, mm-hmm. probably not as deep as they should because of the, the form of Amy Jones at the moment. She's right. battling a little bit. If she was in form, you're looking mm. at a side that bats really deep because even Sophie Eccleston in this format... Can, can give it a really a really good whack. She's, she's worked really hard on the batting. She scored 26 off and over the other exactly. week against yeah. South Africa. Exactly. So Single-handedly. They can bat really deep. Hmm. And for me, I actually think they're starting to gain more and more confidence in saying, all right, if one or two of our big players don't fire, okay. we've got other players to fire. I think, uh-huh. they're, I think they're taking that step forward. And I, and I kind of like that about this England side because um, I think there's a lot of teams, unfortunately, within the women's game who've got one or two big players that they mm-hmm. rely a little too heavily on course except australia they're mm-hmm. not in that bracket anymore they've got they've, well maybe they never have been but they've got a lineup that you don't have to worry if one or two of your big players don't don't yeah. end up firing they've got a few youngsters even they mm. can rely on they can take responsibility and i think england are starting to take that step forward mm-hmm. and, and i kind of like that about them i find them exciting i just think from sri lanka's point of view what is their strength their strength is their spinners Sophia Dunkley's got a poor record against spin. We saw it tonight. She mm-hmm. really battled against mm-hmm. the spin. And, and it's quality spin, obviously. It's proper spinners. I think that they should have looked and said, our strength is our spin. How can we best utilize it? Okay. Getting runs on the board, they're always going to struggle if Chamari Atipatu doesn't make runs, mm-hmm. which unfortunately tonight she didn't. So relying on one player there. Why not put your spinners in? See if you can restrict England maybe to a 130 even, mm-hmm. and then possibly chase it down. I just, for me, that, that, that's the way I, personally, that's the way I would have gone about it. Okay. Um, and we did see England struggling against the spin. And, and obviously, like I said, it's quality spinners, and it's spinners that are very experienced. It does make a difference. It's not mm. just any spin, because they didn't struggle against South Africa's spinners very much. Uh, it's, it, obviously, it's quite a gulf between the type of quality that you get from those spinners. Yeah, and using that that used pitch that's um, mm. make it getting a little slower and, and a little harder to score on. So India, Pakistan tomorrow. I'm not sure if that's on the same surface. It is on the same it surface. The same so surface. the first three games are on the one surface, and then weather permitting, they'll move. I think it's about two pitches over because mm-hmm. the middle one is going to be used for the gold medal and the bronze matches, and that's a right. full turf wicket. Okay. So the, this one is the hybrid pitch, and the one that they're going to use for the next lot of three days is a hybrid pitch as well. Right. Okay. Final word, Hall of Fame. Time for that. The Hall of Fame is the most final word moment of the day. It's brought to you by Advanced Hair Studio. That's advancedhairstudio.com slash final word. That's the landing page where you get 15% off if you uh, want to look into the options for hair restoration. If you are having problems up top, they can sort you out. Things that were great today. Catherine Brunt playing her 100th match, T20 match for England, getting the special cap. It's her 
Commonwealth Games debut and then she takes a wicket with her first ball, the first ball of the innings. Extraordinary. <laughs> that was extraordinary. You know, Catherine Bruns on the field is, mm-hmm. she's like a tiger. She's aggressive. She's in your face. I love her attitude. I love the way she goes about things. And, and having chatted to Charlotte Edwards and, and uh, Lydia Greenway just before this all started, they feel that she's probably bowling the best you may ever have. She's mm-hmm. been in such good form in the last month or so. And seeing her against South Africa, she was superb. Getting her 100th cap, she was had tears in her eyes. It was obviously an emotional moment. Moment, getting a cap from Ishikua as well mm-hmm. and there she goes takes a wicked first ball anything that jumped out at you today well there's one thing that jumped out at me and it was just a moment with Sophie Devine she it was great to see her bowling mm-hmm. I really enjoy watching her bowling we didn't see yep. a lot in the 50 over World Cup from her bowling but today there was a moment I cannot remember who who the batter was and it, it she ducked underneath it and the ball had gone over the shoulder mm-hmm. and was called wide by the yes. umpire, Rindarati, who, by the way, is a very good umpire. I saw yep. her at the Women's T20 Challenge. She's an excellent umpire. They hardly made any mistakes. And she was in her first uh, T20 International today. And I remember her reaction. Sophie Devine was like, hey, <laughs> what? <laughs> she had her arms stretched out and said, yep. but this yep. just gone over her shoulder. How can that be called wide? Totally. It was, Love it the was, reaction. And this, this one frustrates me a lot. Umpires get this wrong consistently. It, it, the wide line is based on where the batter is as the ball's delivered. And so if you play a pull shot against a short ball, you turn your body, which means that it would have hit the player on the shoulder had she stood where she was. In the end, it, it sort of misses, but it gets called a wide. You know, They often get that wrong when players are moving across. So read the laws, umpires. You, you're getting that one wrong. Uh, last one for me was just seeing the team sheets pop up this morning and seeing the name of Leah Tahuhu on the New Zealand uh, sheet. New Zealand cricket had to go crawling back. They sacked Leah Tahuhu a few weeks ago. Well, you know, they got rid of Amy Satterthwaite and they said, oh, well, you two are married, so you can both get sacked at the same time. And, uh, you know, then they, they're short on fast bowlers and suddenly they've had to come crawling back. I was just imagining, you know, the, the, like the John Cusack style, bringing the boombox outside the window of Leah Tahuhu's <laughs> place, you know, playing the... In your eyes, you know, maybe a bit of Jackson 5, I want you back. Uh, and she must have felt pretty bloody great at that point. Like, oh, I'm sorry, you need me to come and play in the Commonwealth Games, do you? Oh, interesting. Tell me more about how you need me back. She did well very well as well, didn't yeah. she? I, I really actually enjoyed I know she didn't start well. She was pretty wide. Yep. And she battled a little bit with and it. But she had a catch dropped in her first over as well. She did, yeah, and which does make a difference and can actually break bowlers, especially mm-hmm. in the T20 format because you only get four overs. Yeah, I think but, she went wide, wide, dropped catch, wide. Yes. And after that, I, I, I enjoyed the length. I enjoyed the aggressive mm-hmm. um, length and the aggressive approach from her and the aggressive tactics. So, well, maybe see, still see more of her. Bring it on. All right, this has been the Final Word Daily with Jeff Lemon and Nat Germanos. Uh, thanks for watching. We'll be back with day three of the Commonwealth Games. You can back what we're doing at patreon.com slash the final word if you're so inclined. See you tomorrow. I had to go about it.